This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. The show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. With your host, Linnea Hubbard. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm Linnea Hubbard and today is Sunday, February 19th, 2023. It's been 3,280 days since Russia occupied Crimea on February 27th, 2014 and 361 days since the large-scale invasion of Ukraine began. Today's podcast looks at what happened, well, over the past week in the Russia-Ukraine war. The Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from direct contacts in Ukraine and their proxies, Russian Ministry of Defense reports, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine reports, Operational Commands North, South, and East of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geolocation experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mill bloggers and social media accounts with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission, to report the truth, because the truth matters. In today's episode, we'll be covering some of the stories we weren't able to share during the week as we focused on regional developments. Let's start with developments theater-wide and outside Ukraine. United Kingdom Prime Minister Rishi Sunak confirmed that the UK is sending, quote, long-range weapons to Ukraine, but did not specify which ones, how many, or when. There has been speculation for months that Ukraine would be supplied with Storm Shadow cruise missiles with a range of 400 kilometers. Sunak told the Munich Security Conference that his nation provided more military aid to Ukraine in February 2023 than in all of 2022. Retired United States General Ben Hodges said that if Ukraine had longer-range weapons, it could liberate Crimea by the summer and the Donbass by the end of 2023 saying, quote, We are going to do everything possible for Ukraine to win this year. It is quite possible, at least, that Ukraine will liberate Crimea before the end of the summer. End quote. Former CIA director David Petraeus told CNN that Ukrainian troops are learning to master NATO weapon systems remarkably fast. Quote, Reports from Western colleagues boil down to the fact that Ukrainians instantly absorb everything. They finish on the first day at noon, and you are on the second, and they have to speed up training. And even when they return to the barracks after a very long training day, they read instructions. They want to get back into the fight and protect their families. End quote. General Christopher Cavoli, the U.S. Supreme Allied Commander Europe, supports sending the most modern Western weapons, including F-16 fighter jets and long-range missiles. In a Friday morning closed-door briefing with more than 10 Senate and House members, General Cavoli was asked if F-16 fighter jets would help Ukraine win the war against Russia. He responded, quote, yes, end quote. The general also argued that Ukraine needs more advanced weapons and equipment, 
and believes the West should equip Ukraine to, quote, reach further into Russian positions within Ukraine's border. During a TV interview, the spokesman of the Eastern Group of the Armed Forces of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, Serhiy Cherevati, reported that Russian forces continue to deliver ammunition into eastern Ukraine, but it's becoming more difficult as Ukrainian forces are getting better at targeting convoys and identifying smaller warehouses. Speaking in Brussels, Chairman of the United States Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley declared that Russia has already lost the war on a strategic, operational and tactical level, saying, quote, Putin thought he would quickly defeat Ukraine, split NATO and go unpunished. He was wrong. Ukraine remains free and independent. NATO and its allies have become even stronger. Russia turned into a global pariah. And the whole world is inspired by the courage and resilience of Ukrainians. End quote. Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council, Oleksiy Danilov, said that Russia is conducting psychological operations to create fear about continuing mobilization in Ukraine. Danilov clarified that summons only requires men to report to the commissariat to register and update their personal information. He said, quote, Will they all go to the front? No. Prepared ones will go to the front. Those who will be equipped and trained. End quote. The first 14 French AMX-10RC tank destroyers, which are armored scout vehicles or light tanks, arrived in Ukraine, and troops have been trained in their operation. The tank destroyers weigh 16 tons and don't have the armor to slug it out against a main battle tank, but they can provide direct and indirect fire support for reconnaissance in force and other military actions. Sweden confirms it will transfer 51 CV-90 IFVs, an undisclosed number of Archer self-propelled howitzers, or SPGs, and additional anti-tank weapons. The CV-90 IFV is ideally suited for Ukrainian Rasputitsa, more commonly known as mud season. It's unclear if the armored vehicles will arrive by the end of March. Sweden has already shipped six tugs to Ukraine that can be turned into pontoon bridges supporting water crossings of up to 8 meters across. France has delivered fifth-generation Acheron MP anti-tank missile systems. The Acheron entered service in 2017, is meant to replace the Javelin, and is man-portable. It weighs 15 kilograms, can penetrate up to 1,000 millimeters of armor, is a fire-and-forget system, and has a range of up to 5 kilometers. The first mechanized infantry battalion of Ukrainian troops to operate the Bradley Infantry Fighting Vehicle, or IFV, has completed training in Grafenwur, Germany. The first unit included 635 troops. The second combined arms battalion has already started training on the Bradley and the M109A6 Paladin 155mm self-propelled howitzer with 710 troops in training. A third mechanized infantry battalion will start training on the Stryker Armored Fighting Vehicle, or AFV, next week, including 890 service members. The Netherlands, Germany, and Denmark have pledged to provide 100 Leopard 1 main battle tanks, or MBTs, with assistance from the United States, quote, as soon as possible, end quote. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz called on international partners with Western-style battle tanks to send them to Ukraine during a speech at the Munich Security Conference, saying, quote, 
Germany will do everything in its power to make these decisions easier for partners. For example, by training Ukrainian soldiers to drive tanks here in Germany, or by providing support in terms of supplies and logistics. End quote. German trainers teaching Ukrainians how to use the Patriot missile system say it's going faster than expected because the troops are, quote, very motivated and often already have experience in this field, end quote. Almost a year ago, it was estimated it would take Ukrainian troops a year to learn how to operate the Patriot effectively, with training now expected to take four to six months. Greece reports they delivered the first 20 BMP-1 IFVs with ammunition to Ukraine. Although the BMP-1 is an infantry fighting vehicle, the 73mm 2A28 Grom smoothbore main gun is ineffective against modern armored vehicles. They will, however, be more effective than the American M113 Armored Personnel Carriers, or APCs, which Ukraine has been forced to press into frontline duty. Germany has resolved ammunition supply issues for the Gepard self-propelled short-range anti-aircraft system. Pistorius said there is enough stock to support Ukraine through the summer, and German arms maker Rheinmetall was restarting 35mm ammunition production. Speaking of supply issues, let's talk about the Russian military and mobilization. Russia is starting to take over Belarus's defense production capabilities. The aerospace industry will start producing Su-25 aircraft with additional support from Russia, and the automotive industry is moving to produce Kamaz truck parts. The illegitimate president of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, declared the only condition that would force his nation into war was if troops from any foreign nation crossed the borders with hostile intent. Russian mill blogger Andriy Morozov, or Murs, reported that volunteer units of the LNR and DNR and Russian bars have gone unpaid for months, writing, quote, People wait half a year for a seal on a piece of paper to prove that they are combatants. Then the circles of hell begin in the military registration and enlistment offices. The most egregious case that I know of is a person who was mobilized on September 22, 2022, and on September 26, he was already in Svatova. We talked with him at the end of January, and at that time he has not received a penny from the military office. On the card, he only received the salary from his previous place of work. In November, he was injured, but they, the Russian Ministry of Defense, refused to pay compensation, citing they consider the injury not severe enough. I personally know dozens of such stories. End quote. There have been widespread reports of volunteer units of the DNR and LNR going unpaid and denied veterans' benefits since June 2022. The Kremlin has repeatedly said they would fix these issues as recently as December. 107 Mobics from the Omsk Federal District, previously assigned to Military Unit 8344 of the 504th Tank Regiment, were told after arriving in Ukraine that there were no available artillery pieces and they would be transferred to the DNR 1st Army Corps as so-called shock troops. That means infantry. They claimed their new DNR commanders demanded money and fuel from them, and if they didn't comply, they would send them to the front line without training. Like the four other units we reported on, their military IDs were confiscated, they were given no orders or new contracts, 
and they were issued unsigned documents with a stamp from the DNR. They are requesting to be transferred back to the Russian military. The governor of Omsk Federal District, Roman Burko, said that he had written a formal appeal to the prosecutor's office in Moscow on behalf of the unit. Military Unit 46102 of the 57th Separate Motorized Infantry Brigade, 5th Combined Arms Army, Eastern District, claimed they were sent to Bakhmut, and PMC Wagner took unit members as prisoners and stole their ammunition. When the unit members resisted, Wagner mercenaries shot into the air and told them to leave. At least one service member who was taken hostage has been missing for a month and is feared dead. The event became known after unit members made online appeals for the prosecutor's office to be contacted and family members trying to find their missing loved ones. A video on February 16th showed the same PMC Wagner artillery unit that used racial and homophobic slurs directed at Russian Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu now begging for ammunition after their supply was discontinued. In the video, they appealed for 152mm shells for the World War II-era D-1 howitzer, 125mm tank rounds, 120mm mortars, 100mm mortars, and anti-tank weapons, claiming they and other units were completely out. Prigozhin confirmed the video was authentic and reported he was able to secure 128 120mm mortar shells and 40 125mm tank rounds from Chechen General Opti Aranovich in exchange for a Wagner sledgehammer. Wait, is that a euphemism? Is, is that a euphemism? Or if you literally, like, gave him a sledgehammer in trade. I feel like both of those options are possible, but lacking any news stories about Aranovich getting brutally murdered, I think we should probably say that he just handed him a sledgehammer. Prigozhin said he was walking the halls of Moscow and would risk arrest if he had to in trying to restore the supply of munitions to his mercenaries. On February 17th, he shared an extremely graphic video showing dozens of dead Wagner mercenaries awaiting processing from mortuary services. The video is not suitable for work, it is not for children, and many will find it disturbing. The video was distributed across all of Wagner's social media channels, with Prigozhin adding, quote, Every day we lose hundreds of our comrades in arms. There could be half as many of them if the military officials provided us with weapons, ammunition, and everything necessary on time. There are hundreds of our guys here. Send your children and sons-in-law who shoot TikToks for this war. End quote. PMC Wagner isn't the only combatant complaining about ammunition shortages. With widespread complaints from the Luhansk and Donetsk People's Republic, or LNR and DNR respectively, as well as some Russian units. It is undeniable that the Russian Ministry of Defense is crippling PMC Wagner because of the perceived, and as we previously assessed, real threat against the Kremlin leadership. Prigozhin is trying to show that the Kremlin is incompetent and is no longer supporting what many believe is the most effective fighting force in Ukraine. With his power diminishing, his main motivation is to leverage his reputation, which has been bruised due to Wagner's grinding and slow offensive on Bakhmut, which is in its seventh month. Prigozhin seemed to hint during a February 15th press conference that Russian troops are freezing to death in the trenches, saying, quote, 
A soldier is not a computer game. He does not have a second, third, fifth, or tenth life. He dies once. He freezes in the cold, and after that, his body needs to be warmed up in order to be placed in a zinc coffin and close the lid. Every soldier must be taken care of. If we stop sycophancy, excessive reverence, and other negative factors in military formations today that affect the course of hostilities, then our effectiveness will increase significantly. End quote. Prigozhin is causing outrage among Russian mill bloggers. Alex Parker, an ultranationalist and murder enthusiast with over 200,000 followers on Telegram, called on Prigozhin to assassinate Shoigu and march on Moscow if necessary in a racism-laced rant. Ramzan Kadyrov publicly distanced himself from PMC Wagner leader Prigozhin after the mercenary leader fell out of favor with the Kremlin and was cut off from military supplies and recruiting from prisons. Several Russian state media outlets have mentioned Prigozhin and PMC Wagner in their reporting in the last 24 hours. While many are hailing this as the so-called embargo being lifted, the Kremlin guidance was not a full embargo, but guidelines to significantly limit new coverage about the organization and its leaders. White House National Security Spokesperson John Kirby said the U.S. estimates in the last year PMC Wagner has lost 30,000 mercenaries killed in action or wounded in action. Kirby said, quote, They treat their recruits, mostly convicted, like cannon fodder, literally throwing them into a meat grinder. End quote. Press Secretary of the DNR First Army Corps, Eduard Basudin, has been dismissed by the Russian Federation Armed Forces. Basudin's allies say the sudden dismissal was made because he publicly contradicted the Russian MOD. While many complained about Basudin's dismissal, our favorite FSB colonel, convicted war criminal, Kremlin pariah, and failed Mobik Igor Strelkov-Girkin called Basudin a, quote, chatterbox alcoholic who never participated in battles anywhere in any capacity, end quote. Russian mill blogger Andriy Morozov, or Murs, went from having a meltdown over the execution-style murder of Igor Mangushev to having a meltdown over Kremlin incompetence. Since 2014, Morozov has been a communications specialist with the LNR. He reported that the Russian MOD had bought 6,000 consumer business-grade Chinese Kirison portable digital radios for Russian troops. However, they neglected to order base stations or repeaters, which would support command and control and extend the range of the radios beyond 3 to 5 kilometers. He had four words in all capitals to express his feelings, quote, stupid, done, unteachable, stunning, end quote. Russian mill bloggers had a field day mocking Kiev and its ongoing crackdown and purge of corrupt officials as part of the required work to join the European Union. However, in the Ingushetia Federal District, 1,200 Russian law enforcement officers conducted 60 searches in coordinated mass raids that were, quite frankly, executed better than any attack in Ukraine. The arrests and searches included 600 members of the FSB, SOBR, OMON, and Roskvardia. Eleven senior officials and dozens of subordinates were detained, accused of embezzling 2 billion rubles from the Ingushetia pension fund. 
The GSAFU reported that Iranian instructors are reportedly in Luhansk to train Russian troops in the operation of kamikaze drones. In Russia's Samara Oblast, an explosion rocked the Hapayevsky mechanical plant, which produces explosives and detonators for ammunition. The blast killed one and wounded three when one of the detonators spontaneously exploded on the production line due to a, quote, violation of safety regulations. The Russian MOD shuffled its senior military leadership again as the ongoing large-scale offensive appeared to be flailing. Lieutenant General Andriy Mordvichev was promoted to Colonel General and named the new commander of the Central Military District, replacing Colonel General Alexander Lapin. This is the third military commander of the district in the last five months. Additionally, Lieutenant General Nikiforov was promoted to Colonel General and named the commander of the Western Military District. Colonel General Sergei Kuzovliv was appointed commander of the Southern Military District, and Lieutenant General Rostam Muradov was promoted to Colonel General and named the commander of the Eastern Military District. Outrage was widespread among Russian mill bloggers when Muradov was promoted just days after he led Russian forces to a crushing defeat at Uhlidar, which destroyed the 155th and 40th Naval Infantry Brigades. The day before Nikiforov was named the commander of the Western Military District, Marina Yankina, the head of the financial department of the Ministry of Defense of the Russian Federation for the Western Military District, fell out of a window and plunged 16 stories to her death. Russian propagandist Alexander Slodkov reported that the Russian MOD is purging the 1st and 2nd Army Corps officers who are from the Donbass, claiming they lack formal military education, are over age, or suffer from health issues. Frustration is growing among the mobilized LNR and DNR troops because they're being replaced by Russian commanders who have no practical war experience and treat the soldiers as disposable commodities. Slodkov wrote, quote, The officer corps of the LDNR is the real guard of Vladimir Putin. These people proved their loyalty to the president and Russia itself, shedding blood not for five or six, but for nine years. I privately can name a dozen more such combat commanders who have already been relieved from the army of Donbass. To throw them away, especially in such a bloody time, is a crime. End quote. Russian, or is it DNR? 1st Army Corps 11th Brigade Commander Alexander Khodakovsky appears to have lost faith in the ongoing Russian offensive and believes the time has come to negotiate, saying, quote, I do not believe that we will be able to occupy the entire territory of Ukraine and, most importantly, keep its disloyal population under control without resorting to constant violence. If we dare to swallow Ukraine whole, we risk getting a lump in the throat. With the current state of affairs, we must create for ourselves the final advantages from the position of which we will negotiate. End quote. Mobik's training near the Ukrainian border in the Bryansk Federal District decided to take a shortcut and drove a Kamaz military truck into a Russian minefield. The truck was destroyed, and all four occupants were hospitalized, with one in critical condition. There was another report of fratricide in Mariupol, with Kadyrovites fighting amongst themselves, ending in an exchange of gunfire in the city center. Insurgents report at least two were wounded in the incident.
In Simferopol, blood banks are appealing for blood collection from civilians and requesting blood supplies from other parts of Crimea, with hospitals overwhelmed with badly wounded Russian troops. All is going to plan. In our War Crimes and Human Rights segment, we discuss events that might be upsetting to hear about. There is no graphic detail in today's report, but if you are sensitive to descriptions of human rights abuses, please feel free to skip ahead to the next segment. Timestamps are in the description. In Mariupol, Russian forces are purging all books in Ukrainian or that cover Ukrainian history or culture from the Priazovsky State University, throwing them out of windows onto the street. The erasure of culture and educational institutions is considered an act of genocide. In Mykolaiv, a mass grave with 27 civilian bodies was discovered in Snikhorivka. An investigation into the cause of their deaths is ongoing. Ukraine and Russia completed another prisoner-of-war exchange. An even exchange of 100 soldiers and one civilian was made between the combatants. Among those released to Ukraine was the deputy mayor of Enerhodar, Ivan Semoyedyuk, who spent 333 days in captivity. The released soldiers included 94 Mariupol defenders, including 63 from Azovstal, who surrendered as part of a botched agreement made by the International Committee of the Red Cross on May 12th. On the Russian side, Mykola Zirka, senior priest of the Holy Kazan Parish of the Horlivka Diocese of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of the Moscow Patriarchate in the village of Yarova in Donetsk Oblast, was handed over after a direct request by Moscow. Zirka was convicted on February 16th of collaboration when Yarova was occupied. He had been sentenced to seven years in prison. In early February, we reported that Peter Reed, a 33-year-old medic from New Jersey who was a volunteer medic doing civilian evacuations in Bakhmut, was killed instantly when a Russian artillery shell hit a marked ambulance he was driving. More information about Reed's death has come to light. Reed was driving with a medical convoy, including marked vehicles, when they stopped to help a wounded civilian on the side of the road. A group of six aid workers was tending to the wounded person when a Russian anti-tank missile was intentionally fired at a white van. The anti-tank missile hit the van, killing Reed and the other aid workers. The rear of the white van was completely covered in road dirt, while other vehicles had clear red crosses on them. The video and analysis of the moments leading up to the aid worker's death clearly show the ambulance was intentionally targeted, Proving that it was a war crime, however, will be harder. In geopolitical news, after visiting with Ukrainian President Zelensky, Israeli Minister of Foreign Affairs Eli Cohen announced that Israel would support Ukraine's 10-point peace plan. The new commitments indicate that the Netanyahu government is open to a deeper relationship with Ukraine. Cohen is the highest-ranking Israeli official to visit Kyiv. He will oversee the reopening of the Israeli embassy and visit Bucha and Babin Yar during his visit. Earlier this month, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu hinted that Israel was disrupting Iranian arms manufacturing and shipments 
and confirmed that Israel was open to discussions on providing Ukraine with the Iron Dome air defense system. Israel also pledged to provide $200 million to help Ukraine fix and redevelop its medical infrastructure. Russia expelled four Austrian diplomats from Moscow in response to four diplomats expelled from Vienna earlier in the year. United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Moldovan President Maya Sandu at the Munich Security Conference. In a joint press conference, Blinken said, quote, We strongly support Moldova in matters of its security, independence, territorial integrity, and very important reform efforts made by the president and the government. End quote. Sandu called 2022, quote, an incredibly difficult year for Moldova, end quote, and thanked the U.S. for its support in overcoming its challenges, including in energy, economy, and security. Kremlin-backed Russian hackers Killnet claimed they launched a distributed denial-of-service, or DDoS, attack on Lufthansa's internet systems, crippling the airline. Company and German officials reported that construction workers severed four broadband internet lines, creating a bottleneck in system bandwidth to Lufthansa's online check-in systems. The fault caused 200 flights to be cancelled and numerous delays out of Frankfurt before the cables were repaired. Finnish Defense Minister Mikko Savola told European Pravda that the Nordic nation is ready to join NATO and has met all the requirements, saying, quote, We will spend 2% of our GDP on defense in the upcoming years. Our defense forces are in good condition. We have compulsory conscription, a prepared reserve. We provide security, so we are ready, end quote. Turkey and Hungary have still not ratified membership, in November, Viktor Orban of Hungary said membership would be ratified shortly, then in early 2023, and the last update was by early February, which obviously has come and gone. Turkey is delaying ratification to get concessions over desired weapon systems, including F-16 fighter planes. And finally, the Parliament of Slovakia recognized Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. And that's what we know. Join me again tomorrow for more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.